Okay, welcome back. The Asmadi here is unbelievable because last night at the Bar Mitzvah and some other venues, a number of people asked me if the shear started tonight, and I said I didn't figure it out yet. And they said, what? There's no shear. So, you're shear. So, not everybody's back yet. Not everybody's awake. Some people are here with Messias Nefesh. But we should start, and it's a testimony that the Ben Azmanim of sorts was used to the fullest to go to a higher madriga. So people want to put into effect right away, which is the whole point. So we will begin with the single page you have in front of you. We were discussing and slowly getting into the sugi and trying to figure out the parameters of what type of ishtadlis is mutter in medicine when it comes to doing Yisurim, Chil Shabbos, and the like, Loyalenu should be Nagea. And so far, the theme that's being developed is that the more it's a, uh, well, it's not true, tried and tested, it's going to be absolutely usher. That's the Kamiya that's not from a Mumcha. And if it's something that is completely Alpinister and it's not an official working school, then it's debatable. We're going to get to that this week in Metzeshem. And then the most surprising thus far has been the Tvila, which is standard for any refuah, from a simple Tylenol to something more complex, is that Tvila is not only warranted, but necessary for everything we do, every step we take, certainly when it comes to refuahs that somebody might need, Rahman Litzlan. With that said, the consensus of the Peskim is that you can't be Mechal Shabbos to ask somebody else to daven. And that was the sugi we finished with right before Pesach. I want to show you the single marmokum, it's a Rambam, with a Radvaz, and then we will go on to explore some of the more miraculous Maisim in the Gemara. The Gemara is explaining the Tanakh, but first take a look at some Parik Shani, Allah Aleph, and Hilchas Hedrin. Uh, what to many people will be a very surprising din. Ramam gives you a list of requirements to be a Dayan in the Sanhedrin Agodal or Sanhedrin Katana. 23. So, what's the list? Okay, that's got to be a prerequisite. You have to be able to figure out the din assess it and apply it to each situation and figure out people. Be comfortable in Torah all over the place and its application. And also, at least some of them have to be Yedin Ktsas Mishar Chochmas. Mark talks about uh, knowing many languages. does not have to be every member of the Sanhedrin. This particular line, as will be explained momentarily by the Radvaz, has to be shared by many of them, if not all of them, and you'll see why in a moment. Skipping you've been a shear for the last couple of years, you can figure all this out. Uh, these are each category, and it's a derisa, sometimes a capital crime. You have to know it because if you're sentencing a machashe, for instance, you're trying and sentences a machashe, you have to know the tricks of the trade, not only so they won't turn you into a frog as you're donning them, which might help also just for self-preservation. 
You have to know what the Yisr is. You have to know what the Malach is and what the Dan on it. So these are a lot of capital crimes there. Of the Avarazar, of the Avarazar, you got to know what's considered, what's the Avarazar, what's Taka Bakach, their standard thing is Meshtachava and Akrova and things like that that are standard for every Avarazar, and they have to know the particular Taka Bakach. If you never heard of Makalus, for instance, and uh, two of them bring him in, he said, We saw this guy throwing stones at a tripod. So if a Dayan didn't know it was flying, he would say, No, did you see him uh, pouring any. Uh, Libations, any sacrifice, any bound down. No, just throwing stones. Turn to the guy, what do you have to say for yourself? I was trying to be a mavazit. So chiyamisa, if it's markerless, because that's dark kebekach. No matter what you have in mind. So you have to know the rules and regulations of the particular vodazar. Somebody has to know, and somebody has to be able to find out, at least know enough to ask. Take a look at the radvaz in the brackets. Vim timer. We got it about six lines down on the top right hand side. So Vas says, I understand uh, knowing about Avazara and Kishuf and Mazalas, all these involve Isurim. Math, basic math for Tkufus, we understand. After be Ma'abad Shana and the Reshchedesh, that we got. What exactly is Rafua? Why do they have to know Rafua? So, get a doctor. Well, you can get a doctor anyway to consult with a doctor, but why do they have to know basics? Ella Rafua is Matsar of Hosanhedrin, Vyesh Leimar, Ladas Hadvarm Hamrabin Beteva Shanitna Hashabes Lidachas Bishfilam. Isn't that incredible? That's quite a radvaz. You wouldn't understand the significance of this if you wouldn't be in the Sugya, but you all understand this is a very significant, basically said in one line what we've been saying all along. He says, You have to know what's Rafua. What's alternative medicine, what's metaphysical, what's not, because even if you do it and it's not rooted in Avadazar and Kishuv, and it's harmless from a medical standpoint, you still can't do Isurim if it's treif. You still can't do Isurim if it's Val Schilo Shabbos, if it's not regular standard medicine. That's what Advar says. Again, Yeshlam Badas Advarim, Marapim Beteva, Shenitna Ha Shabbos, or any other for that matter, Lidachis Bishvilam. Now, is not arguing the Gemara or the Mishnah, the Sugin Shabbos, which you saw, says there's a Kamea. Kamea is pretty heebie-jeebie, metaphysical. And it says, as long as you know it works, and uh, the fellow writing them has a track record, or this Kamea has a track record, you're good to go. Keep in mind, the Gemara was muttering, only carrying around your neck, and it was already carrying with a shin in, a Dagobah and if the guy thinks it works, it's a... It's a psychological refuah because he's going to go Meshuggah if he doesn't have it. It doesn't really prove much. The truth is Harashba we saw who entertains the possible heter of actually writing in our shop. Is that a vows already? And again, you have to explain that once it becomes a simple matter of medicine, it's far from simple, that a doctor will prescribe because this works, we don't know how, that's okay. We don't have to know how everything works. You have to understand that every pill works. But we have to know that this object works, as opposed to something which is uh, completely out of the stratosphere and perhaps not tried, true and t- tested. We normally say, Suffolk, the Vashlahoko, why not try it? Maybe it works. Kamash Malan, you can't. That's one enough to mean, and certainly not to be quick to be Michal Shabbos. That's uh, option number one. Ladas me shehishkes chaver samen asamen vameis. Application number two for a Dayan, they have a murder trial, 
And the murder was not done with a dagger or a gun. It was done with a poison. And you're trying the, the fellow, and they're claiming that the guy poisoned him. You have to have some evidence. And they say, well, we found a vial of this. They have to know the basics. Is this enough to kill somebody? Is this real? Is this not? And if it is, and the guy drank it and he died, then we can convict him. But it's more difficult to figure out than a smoking gun, so to speak. The fact the guy died after we drank it, you can't paskin a chiyamis on somebody if it's not mochuch. Very ironic because among the wild things that we're proposing in this wonderful state, say we, our, our mayor, we live in Rockland County, but it's still the mayor. He makes the most noise. And it's very ironic that they're trying to legalize marijuana. As long as you don't put it in a plastic bag and store it in a glass building, you're fine. Which is just so insane, you couldn't write a better script. The marijuana, they have no problem with. That's safe. That's going to be great for society. Plastic bags, who knows, somebody can put it over somebody's head or clog up a drain or something like that. It's, uh, you, you don't want to laugh or cry. But if you think it, that's bad. So they're in the process of trying to legalize assisted suicide. Which is not only dangerous, but potentially fatal. Especially with the person who asked for it. And, like, should blame everything on the mayor. Our governor's uh, doing a fine job at this law. He's trying to sign it into law. So you're talking about a murder trial where somebody poisoned somebody else. Well, that somebody, Rahman in New York State, if the Hedron gets involved, might be the good doctor who um, signed off. And he says, we're going to be very careful. We need two doctors to sign off. They're going to probably get the same two doctors who've been signing off on the medical marijuana in other states. I'm not saying it never has an application. Rahman al-Islam, somebody's in pain, other painkillers are working, medical marijuana might have a place, but it can't be that 51% of the population all of a sudden is in such acute pain that they need medical marijuana. So um, we've had a number of share of marijuana in past years and when it was still in the theoretical stage. And it's not so theoretical anymore, but just uh, the Samamovis issue, that's very, very frightening. Marijuana, something, uh, there might be still some people walking around who are troubled by the direction it's taking. Assisted suicide is becoming a very popular notion. Free rights and autonomy and guys suffering in their book and we just need the doctors to sign off. So you get two doc- doctors that want to the downward pressure from the hospital to make sure we uh, don't prolong this. Well, of course they're going to go under pressure as it is. Now we just need two doctors? Not 23. They don't look as dim the fascists. A very, very frightening thing. It's um, the few states that have it already. New York is just joining the club. Anyway, he's pushing it. Has not been passed in the law. In New York, yeah. Yes. This is a very serious thing. So I don't know why it's under the radar. That's why I'm mentioning it. But just the rabbis are talking about it. The dying has to know if somebody poisoned somebody else. How many people do you know who poisoned somebody else? The answer is somebody who took an oath to not do any harm and heal people. Well, I don't know, are they changing that oath when they graduate medical school? They're leaving it out from now on? Like, what are they going to do with that? I don't know. Um, let's see. We're touching it up. Then. Touching up. That's, I'm, I'm not doing harm. harm so. He has autonomy. So he has, uh, you know. It's, uh, it's very troubling because it becomes normal. Then there's pressure from the moment you get in. You need 
You should never be in the matzah of not knowing anybody's in the matzah. You need a good patient advocate in New York. And we have the strength of numbers. At least in New York, you could start fighting it. But from the second you get to the hospital, they start pushing all these things. They start talking down to you like you're a, an achzer. How dare you try to keep them alive? And wow, how cruel can you be? And, and the Yitzhahari plays on somebody. The famous Ron that everybody quotes or misquotes, a person could daven, speaking of tefillahs, that might be us, or could daven for somebody to pass away rather than to suffer. So the Ron discusses the notion, Ron Moshe discusses, he says, even if you pass like the Ron, family members can't do that. You would think that the family members are the ones most involved, they should certainly be able to do it. Don't they care the most? The answer is they care the most, and it's also the biggest oil on them. It's very hard to separate the eighth of her and the eighth of Toy. How much are they doing it for the patient? How much are they doing it because for them? It's every day to the hospital, and they have to leave their job early and not go into work and care for the patient. It's draining. How do I know? So, oh, the Ron says, Rahmanus. It'll be very, very, Ramesha says, even possible like the Ron, which is not a big to do, they be very careful who's applying it. Anyway, the Radvaz, first territory over here is that you have to be careful not to do Isurim if it's something that's not uh, standard medicine and not proven. <coughs> I will go back to the music we discussed uh, before Yantif, uh, but I want to, in the meantime, go on to the next Marmokum, which we began discussing right before Pesach, if you can give this out. Thank you. The Mahalach we've been discussing is brought down the uh, Sefer, Blaise which is from Yosef Lawrence, the son of Rashlama Lawrence, who has a very good safer on the Yanibikul Tafashis. And he has many of these rayas with this theory that you have to look at the Makaras of Pazal, of course, to understand what's mutter, what's asr, like every other sugya, and be very careful. He had tied up the Gemaras, and all these Gemaras are dealing with the occult. When David Amalek is doing it, it's the positive side of the, we'll call it white magic. Not dark magic, not black magic, not Kishu. Uh, the first Gemara we're going to look at, which we briefly mentioned before Pesach, was the famous Sugya. In Makis, there's another one coming in Sanhedrin. We'll start on page one of the Gemara in Makis on Yid Aleph and Aleph. Toward the bottom of the Yomad, see the bracket, Amar Rabbi Yehuda Amarav, Yid Aleph and Aleph. Be very careful what you say, even if you're angry, even if you're annoyed, and even if the guy deserves it. In this case, the recipient, Achitefel, deserves what he's getting from David Melch. David Melch apparently either didn't know the Klal or couldn't really bother with it because people were in Sakana, as we'll discuss in a moment. And Achitefel, who was David's arch enemy and David didn't fully realize it, but he had a hunch, as we will see. And Chitefu was jealous of David. This all came from jealousy. Chitefu was a big pikeach himself, and David was a young, brilliant, tzaddik, warrior, and the uh, king who's going to get things done. Chitefu feels that the job should have been his. Once you have that and you come to that decision, then everything looks black, or in this case green, from jealousy. That's what's motivating him. And the Gemara says that David HaMelech, although he wasn't allowed ultimately to build the base of Mikdash, put the money aside from all the battles and actually plotted the uh, Mokom in terms of the future Mokom of the base of Mikdash and started digging the foundation 
which will be the Mokam Mazbech, where Nisr Hamayan and Nisr Hayayan goes down, all the way down into the earth to the Tahim. And Dabramal wants to do whatever he can to prepare that Mokam. Amar puts the two together, says, the more careful you are with your mouth, the more terror you learn with your mouth, the more your makhban shmir the more power that mouth has. That's very important for us, even if you're not a Lamed Vavnik. If you're careful in shmir Saloshan and in Dibur Maserm and you're using your mouth for learning, the mouth has tremendous kayach for tefillah. Your tefillahs will go further. So another impetus for shmir Saloshan. Your klolas and brachas also go further. Hopefully the brachas, the klolas over here, David Melech did make it a habit to be Makal people. Here, everybody was in Sakana, and you'll see how it unfolded. He was digging the foundations by the base of the Mitzvah. If you recall, Chazal tell us that this piece of pottery said, don't lift me up, I'm plugging the Tahim, and David Melech ignored it because when you're trying to do something for Klai and build a Beit HaMittish, you don't let pottery get in the way. Interesting, we don't find a taina on Davon for that decision. We would say, I'll dare the pottery's talking, why don't you listen? The answer is, it states a horror, and it could be, and I don't have any instructions otherwise, and therefore you keep digging. Rashi will fill us in the details in a moment. Amar, now Davon was down there in the trenches, literally, and the water was coming up, and he was an immediate sakana, and the rest of the world wasn't going to fare much better. So Davanach had a swerve. If you write the shame of a parish on a piece of parchment, you put it in, it'll calm everything down, it'll stay put, and he'll save himself and save the world. He just didn't know it was mutter. The obvious cash over here on the whole decision-making process is if it's a constant fashion, it's got to be mutter. What was the shayla? Apparently, it was enough of a shayla. David Amel didn't want to do it himself, take it on himself, and he asked somebody from the committee members on the top of the site, and Achitetel was there, and he had a suspicion Achitetel knew the answer, and he wanted him to confirm or deny his fur. Leka Damale Midi. Nobody answered. Not getting an answer, and he's losing time. Amar, Koyadea Davazev, and Amar Yecha Nek Bigroinoid. Anybody who knows the answer doesn't tell me ASAP should be choked. He gave a clue. He wanted to motivate if Achitefel knows the answer. If Achitefel doesn't know, no one else is going to know. So he has a suspicion Achitefel already doesn't like him and is jealous of him. And he gave a clue. He better give the answer. Achitefel, interestingly enough, as much as he hated David, was scared of him. And he heard that and he spoke up. This was his big chance to get rid of David. Not worth it if he's going to get killed. If Achitev was going to get killed, and Achitevel set forth the following Kabbalah the following Lumdis, and he yelled it into the uh, pit. If Hashem allows his name to be erased, which is a Bizayan Hashem, to make Shalom between two people, certainly to save the world. So first he said it to himself, and then he paskened out loud, and he yelled down, Amalei Shari! Yelled down, Mutter! Kos Hashem HaChasva! Interesting. David Melech was so worried he was Meshuchah, because he was down there. Not only did he take it upon himself, he didn't even start writing the shame until he got permission. I would think, at least write it down, and you'll get the, get the word in the last moment. Uh, this could be a matter of a few seconds. It's real Yerushalayim. He didn't want to write it down. Stop writing the shame Hashem. 
Amalei Shari, Kosov Shem Achasva, Shadi Atahima, Nachos Vekamadukti. Baruch Hashem, it worked and the water settled down. It went so far down, Dalmach, to say 15 share miles to bring it back up. So she'll at least water the farms, they irrigate the farms, and landed in the right place. No, Sachi Teifel was threatened. He came clean, he said the Svarah, and he was masking, and he did it. Sachi Teifel should be free of the Klolo. Yet, Achitefel, not right away, but first he led the rebellion to try to kill David again, uh, joined forces with Avshalom, with trying to get rid of David, then Avshalom, so he could become king, and on the first day of the rebellion, they had their meeting, what should we do? So Achitefel, who was smart, smarter than anybody else, and right, said, chase after your father right now and kill him, because he's caught off guard. They couldn't believe it, but those were his instructions, and Avshalom... A spy was sent back uh, to, with instructions. I don't know what they're talking about, but whatever Achitefel says suggests the opposite, which is amazing advice. They, they didn't know what hit them, and they didn't know what was coming, but he knew one thing, Achitefel's out to get him, so whatever he says, he's always right, suggests the opposite. He did, and Avshalom providentially listened uh, not to Achitefel, unfortunately for Achitefel, unfortunately for the rest of Klai Israel. And he didn't chase him right away, and the advice he was given was Dabra uh, Melch is more dangerous now, he's like uh, an angry bear, and if you attack him now, you're going to lose. First, get the army together, let things settle, and make sure you break the draft, and he's going to join you, and then we're going to wipe him out. By the time they got there, Dovon Amalek had uh, reassembled his men and was waiting. That was all my Hashem Yetzadav. Achitefel saw as soon as they didn't listen to him, he was such a bad guy, but he was right. He realized that if they don't listen to him, this battle was lost before they even fight it, and he's going home to kill himself. There's no hatter to do that, but he realized he could be tried for treason anyway. He gave his last will and testament, and he choked himself, hung himself. Same thing. So he's going to die anyway. He's anyway. He killed himself, which is Asur, and he's Marbamachus, but he died with Chenek per the Klala. The Klala was hanging over his head, and it certainly didn't help. This is the Gemara's first raya, the Kilos Chacham Afil Bechinam Hiba. Question of this Gemara, as we mentioned, is why was this a Shaila? What was Davan Amalek Sakira? So, if you take a look at the next page, you see the Echlaner sort of asked the Kasha. We'll start this Echlaner now and we'll continue in Mitzvah Shem. Is anybody, by the way, at this point not on the Shul's email, getting regular emails when the Shir is or isn't? Because there might be a night this week, there's no Shir. Uh, so is anybody here not on? Everybody got the email? You're not on. Can you give it to the nice fellow sitting next to you? Uh, you're lucky. You're sitting in the right place. He's in charge. So if you can uh, let him know, just so we can please check your email beforehand. We're just going to start the Elf on Air on page 2, the bottom of the first column. Which we will see after this Marmokum. Masavik Haya Bazeh, Sharein Lacha Dover, Aimibibne, Pikuach Nefesh. What was David Amelach clearing a shail over here? It's Sakanas Nefesh for him, for other people. Chutzimashi Tarasti Sham, which I will show you. I'm doing it in this order for a reason. Nearly Lataritz Aid. Yesh Ladaktek, Mao Lashon Lassus, Shalom Lachola Elam. The Gemara has the Lashon, the Kavachimer Bachitav. You look at the words. To make shalom in the whole world. Shalom ben ish do we know? If this water doesn't check things out and prove one way or another, they've got to get a divorce. 
So if she drinks and she's Tahira, then they can stay married. So making Shalom Benish Lishtai. Makes a Kavachim is certainly to make Shalom Balam. What is Shalom Balam? If the Shalom is a constant over here, Shalom is a funny word to use. Say, Kavachim, you can make Shalom Benish Lishtai. Of course, came to save lives, but then we're back to Makasha to save lives. I don't need a Kavachim from Satan. So the question is, why do the Kavachim say that? What was the Shailah? And why use this Lashem? Lots of Shalom Chalolam. I read Yeser Mizeh. It's kind of obvious if you're saving people from getting killed if everybody gets flooded. See, he says an interesting thing. He says, well, must be, the answer is somewhere in the Metziah is that they really weren't concerned that people were necessarily going to get killed or many people were going to get killed. Why? We know that there's one shvu, Hashem will never bring a mabal to destroy the world. It rained a lot, but also the Tahim opened up and the flood came from beneath. So now Hashem can't do that to the whole world, because that's what he won't do again since the mabal. Now, you'll say, well, we know there were people who erroneously thought that Hashem will never flood people. Remember Paro? Recently, we discussed him a lot in the previous Yom Tov. So his whole svar, I'm going to drown all the Yidin Rachmanos because Hashem works me to get a meet, and he promised that he won't drown us because the marble was done already. What he didn't know is the promise is the whole world, not selected sections. So you'll say, True, Hashem promised he won't destroy the whole world of the flood, he could destroy parts of it. And he's Yahushama Yatsev at the Hanim Eretz Yisrael. He'll say, maybe the immediate area they were concerned about, which was Yushalayim and Eretz Yisrael. So he says, that can't be. The Mabal didn't come to Eretz Yisrael. One sheet Why? But if the next line, Hainim Yishum Eretz Yisrael, Gavoyim Machal Artsis. Water always goes down to the lowest points. So this sheet holds there was no mob in Eretz Yisrael. So if they're worried about part of the world getting destroyed by water with a flood, it's not going to be Eretz Yisrael. What does that mean, by the way? Eretz Yisrael's Gavayimikolaitzis and the flood won't be in Eretz Yisrael. It wasn't in Eretz Yisrael. We once explained it and we call it a different context. What does it mean Eretz Yisrael's Gavayimikolaitzis? In terms of above sea level, what happens to be part of Eretz Yisrael is the lowest point by the Dead Sea. The highest point is nowhere near anybody offhand. The uh, mountain climbers over here. Which country is the highest above sea level? Oh, Himalayas. What? The Himalayas, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nepal. So, what does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? The Emsa Elam? What does it mean? Pashas is. Um, this is going to sound, whenever people hear this, if they never heard it before, they immediately push back. But you all have a globe at home? The globe is spinning, and they got this like white thing up there and a white thing down there representing the North and the South Pole. And they have North America on top and South America on the bottom and Europe on top and all the other losers on the bottom. Uh, ever wonder how that happened? Why exactly? I'm very happy, proud to be living in North America, but why are we on top? So the answer is, as I always tell you, whenever anything is written up or drawn, you have to find out who's paying for it. I don't want Joe to grow up and be sarcastic. Uh, you got to find out who's paying for it. Who commissioned the uh, writing of the maps and the exploration of the world? The North Europeans. 
So when they discover something, you could be sure you're getting paid by uh, King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella and all the other tzaddikim and tzaddikim, the worst Roshan ever to war, but that, that's what the monarchy then. So they paid for Christopher Columbus and somebody paid for Henry Hudson and all these things were financed. Uh, the captains of the ships weren't very wealthy, at least at the beginning. And they drew maps. Of course they put themselves on top and they put everybody else on the bottom. North and south, everything's relative. I'm not saying there's no magnetic pole and there's something called a polar cap. I'm not denying any of that. The question is, when you draw something, who's on top? Me, Barish, who's on top and who's on the bottom? We're floating in space. There's no top or bottom. The answer is the people paying for the map. What? There's axis of rotation. Good, but the rotation could be you can have the same axis and we could be down there and put the... It's true. Put, the south and north yeah, can be swapped. Yeah. Why, don't you, why don't you put Chile on top? They're nice people. The answer is they didn't commission the map. This is shocking for a lot of people. Like It turns the whole world <laughs> upside down. <laughs> I guess, uh, on that positive thing, we'll pick up on this tomorrow. It's a difficult concept to grasp. So take a look at your glove and bring it in tomorrow. We'll fix it.